0: Listening to the Versus Node Podcast presented by GamerNode.com. Welcome to episode sixty-one of the Versus Node Podcast. I'm your host Eddie Insauto, and I'm here once again with the man who puts the sinan in. Sinan Kuba, Sinan Kuba. That
1: was a like, uh, <laughs> I, I guess, an homage to to Big Red Potion, except it was almost like a disservice. <laughs> I'm I fairly sure I put more effort. I, that's a lie. I mean, I, I came up with them on the spot quite a few times. Uh, for, Did you? Yeah. Uh, wow. I just I went. I had a quick look at my game collection. Saw a game. Tried oh, to right. come up with, a, with a, a rhyme or something, or you know, some stupid thing. Um what well, would be so I, I could look at it now, for example.
0: Uh, like the guy who puts the depth into the depths of Tolagal.
1: There you go. Or like the guy who puts the con into condemned would be my one that I've just <laughs> seen. Nice.
0: Yeah, that's that's better. Uh
1: so uh so yeah, that uh, I, I I had a little like, actually we can talk about it. I I played uh, one of my games that I was that we're gonna talk about this week with uh, with Joe from Big Red Potion Oh nice. So uh yeah. Yeah, what's
0: that one? That was, Diablo, right that was Diablo. That was Diablo three. Oh, cool. Yeah, you said you were ta- you were playing some of that uh, last week.
1: Yeah, uh, I I don't know if I t- talked loads about it, um, but I, so I tried the the, the multiplayer with um, with Joe, mm-hmm. and uh, it's I, I'm just it's again sort of this. I think I did talk about this last week. This just reminded that why hasn't. This series been on consoles before. Why? Why hasn't this genre really come to consoles before, properly? Like, it just—it's it, strange because it's all—it all works beautifully, and uh, you know, uh, it's a lot more fun to. It's that, its that one of those kind of games where it's so mindless and repetitive, uh, in a good way because you are chasing loot. Um, that it's a really good game to talk over and just chat uh, with 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 a friend with, um, especially if you you know you been plucked like i have i was playing through the single player and just sort of doing an early bit with joe who's just who just rolled his character and mm-hmm. uh yeah i don't really have too loads to say about it it's just a reminder that i'm just a bit surprised that this it took it's taken this long for diablo to come to consoles it's yeah. weird
0: yeah i always thought that it would be a lot better because the i think we mentioned it a little bit last time it's it's all real-time now. Like, you press the X button and you swing the sword, right? Yeah. Uh, pretty much.
1: You know, there's no... It's not like uh, there's any kind of pausing and sorting out, you know, through various skills to, to you know... Like, a bit like Baldur's Gate 2 was on PC. Um, there's none of that. Uh, I mean, the character I have is a demon hunter and it's just essentially a twin-stick shooter. You know, she, she has a bow and arrow and you aim that using the right stick and okay you don't move around with the left stick but you do because you, you stay still when you're firing uh, Resident Evil style I guess um, but you are moving around otherwise and it still feels like a twin stick shooter so yeah and
0: uh, you just feel like you're more part of it I think like you, the action of everything brings you into the experience it's like one to one You're you're actually doing things in the world as you're doing things in the real world yeah, just um, those- I always like that. I'd
1: say, uh, i say I. The problem is you've only got really. I mean, there are other games, obviously, but the two big ones are Diablo and Torchlight, right? <laughs> and Torchlight has only just come to Mac. Like they've taken three years to bring this thing to Mac, so I don't think we're going to see Torch. So, I'm sorry, about Torchlight Two rather than Torchlight. Um, I think the first Torchlight took ages to get to Mac as well. But anyway, so you're not gonna see you're not gonna see Torchlight two on a console anytime soon, I I suspect. It just doesn't seem likely, since it took them so long to get to Mac. Um, and Blizzard are just gonna keep pushing with Diablo three and, and there'll probably be another expansion, I imagine. You'd you'd think, right? Like that's where they'd be going with that, rather than a new Diablo because it it's not been ten years <laughs> since yeah, Diablo three.
0: They'll, they'll probably produce expansions to to expand on the experience a little bit yeah or coming because I mean like what's the next Diablo gonna be Diablo 4 is gonna be just a lot like Diablo 3 and a lot like Diablo 2 so it's yeah. like not even worth it to say this is a new game because people are probably gonna say uh no it's not so you have to wait for some significant advance in technology I would I would suppose for a game like this
1: it'll be interesting to see how the, the console audience reacts to that expansion because the PC you know Blizzards PC audience just gobbles up anything they release right so any world of Warcraft expansion any Diablo expansion that's that's just immediately bore it's not always the case with console players that they're so keen to to get downloadable content um, because yeah. they're, you know they're not typically slaves to one game and I'm not saying PC players are but you know them the people who play Diablo and, and World of Warcraft tend to be very devoted to, to Blizzard games.
0: Also, um, it's part of the culture of PC gaming is to yeah. expand on games versus consoles, is to iterate on franchises with new releases and pay more money. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> good point.
1: And I guess you you could say Baldlands proved that you can really make downloadable content uh, sort of this cumulative thing for a console mm-hmm. game. Because uh, yeah. they a just lot, kept uh, churning out, it, didn't
0: they? Yeah. I think a lot more games are doing it now. It's it's yeah. becoming more the norm cuz the the systems are becoming a little bit more computery in themselves. True. But um I was going to ask you Diablo 3 came out in what 2012? And I think that... even
1: earlier 2011 sort of comes to mind. I believe I re- I reviewed it for uh, for Gameology actually.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Let me here. Yeah. here. And then it took a, like a year after to get to to consoles, right?
1: I think even longer. I think it got to Xbox three sixty and PS three in two thousand and thirteen, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I believe it got to PS four and Xbox one last year.
0: Uh, uh yes. But no, the first release was May fifteenth, two thousand twelve.
1: For for the,
0: the, the P C okay, wow. Yeah, and then PS three and three sixty got it September of two thousand thirteen, so okay. like a year and a half. And then August twenty fourteen was uh ps 4 and Xbox one
1: where's that Wii U version <laughs> could you imagine
0: um, how would they put it on a Wii U would, would you they... would you have to tap your gamepad or, or would it I just one Blizzard one?
1: would not you can imagine Blizzard being the kind of company who would ever really attack the Wii U or or if they did try to do something silly with the gamepad I think it would be very standard it would just it would just uh, be one day games that you can use off TV play I'd imagine um, but what at the same best, time
0: you use their gamepad
1: do you think it could work on Vita? Sure. Yeah. I don't know if it... I, I almost feel like it It seems like one of those things you'd imagine would have been announced by now, would have... It's coming to Vita. Maybe it is, I don't know. It just seems like a very good, obvious fit. Uh, but I guess you have re- remote play, if if needs be. Mm-hmm. It's I mean,
0: are you, are you big into these kind of games? I love these types of games, but I don't... <laughs> the funny thing is, I don't really play them often. Right. Um... I think uh lately what it is is that the the investment of time is really it's like I don't know maybe it's just for the fun of it it's I think okay here this is what it is uh in the past I could set a lot of these goals about like collecting loot and building a character and um you know finding everything in a game like I used to really be all about finding everything in a game and as I've gotten older my attention span for games has shifted to take in the story and like the main point A to point B experience okay. and then move on because there's so many games. I, I have hundreds of games <laughs> that I, I may not have ever even played. Like yep. Steam library is ridiculous and I, yep. I try to get through it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to say that though and then like talk about Dark Souls because... <laughs> and And that might be a thing also. Maybe I've I've graduated to a different type of dungeon crawler, and and if I'm gonna spend the time, it's gonna be on Dark Souls. First. Can we
1: can we can, we go, can we go on a tangent? Actually, since you brought Dark Souls up, what are your what are your thoughts about Bloodborne?
0: Um, I'm uh, optimistic okay. about it. I'm a little nervous about introducing and and um highlighting and focusing on the speed of play because mm. I think that changes the type of game it is. So I'm hoping that it doesn't become Devil May Cry.
1: Yeah. You know I mean I don't think it's going to be that but you know yeah,
0: either, but but uh, you know, as someone who's been involved with these games since Demon Souls and right. very committed to playing them the way that they're designed and very uh I don't know, I feel like like, I have a horse in the race or something, you know? I'm, I'm very invested in the style of gameplay, and, and I really, like, back it up. I'm a little nervous to see too much change. Yeah. Which, you know, it's a it's sort of a close minded
1: No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, But I'm optimistic. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, think anyone who's played Dark Souls 2 really wants a Dark Souls 3 right now um yeah. i feel i think it's too soon and we and maybe if they did do another souls game we won't we i personally i wouldn't mind them trying something different uh not necessarily demons or dark just you know a, a, a new chapter the with... thing
0: is like the changes they've made with the other games have been more about the world and the way right. that you you travel through the world, interact with the world, the way that the world works, but not with the nitty gritty mechanics of what you're doing yeah. with your hands and the controller. And this is the first time that it seems like it's going to be different.
1: At the same but, time, like what they've they've, I I wrote a little preview for for a magazine, very short preview, and I just sort of it was because it was so short, it kind of crystallized my thinking on it. And it's you know they are trying to make this emphasis on attack, like you say, and speed. Uh, And yet they're still obviously trying to make it feel like it's part of the souls family because Mm. you know, there is so much souls DNA in there and I, you know, when you sort of crystallize it like that, it suddenly seems really ambitious and tough and difficult. And, and I can, so that, you know, I, I get definitely the cynicism and uh, the the anxiety about it. I think it, you know, it could go either way. Um, But I applaud them for trying to be different and not just, Churning out another Souls game because my word, that's you could do that. <laughs> like
0: that—that
1: mm-hmm. would be easy yeah. right now.
0: Yeah. You know what? I'm thinking like the way that they emphasize the speed of play and the emphasis on attack. Um, I think that's a response to the vast number of players who play strength-based characters and turn to turtling hmm. and you know large, you know large swords and and heavy shields. Um, but. If you're a player who has played as a dex build in previous games, I think the change in playstyle that they're touting so much will be less obvious mm. because, you know, in not so, in Dark Souls 2, I was a uh, I think I did play a strength character because dex kind of was funky and weird and different. But um in previous in the previous games I did play dex builds and a lot of my time was spent attacking and rolling. Yeah. Not so much not so much relying on heavy shield usage or heavy armor. I was a mobile character. So right. I think if you played a character like that and then get into Bloodborne, you're gonna just kind of not see as much of a difference. But if you were a turtling character and you're forced to play faster, you might feel it more.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where we at the same time we still don't know a lot about the game. Like we you know, uh we don't Have you quite played it? Have you I have played it comp- a couple of times. Um, oh, nice,
0: I have not. I've only seen it very close. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> the controller you... was in the guy's hands.
1: Next <laughs> to it. Yes. You could feel it with your yeah. mind. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I played it at Gamescom, um, and uh, you know, you pick it up and immediately there is that kind of weight to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, you, you buttons are doing the same thing. Uh, the UI is is fairly familiar. Um, and there are little changes but you know you you sort of acclimatize and you kind of work out it's still very soulsy but uh the things i immediately noticed were were how quick the dodges were um you know dodging is going to be a huge part of that game i mm. think because you know dodges and and dark souls were very, you know useful but very slow uh, yeah. and you know almost towards the more you get into that game the more you rely on your shield if you're that kind of player um yeah. Whereas you know there are shields and bloodborne, but they're apparently rubbish. That's what I've, I think was quoted in a recent interview uh, with, from software. Like they literally said, they're they're not very good. <laughs> you, you can't use them. Um, so
0: will dodging be more? Will the mechanics of dodging be a more precision timed skill? Kind of like um, uh, what is it called? Parrying or or? No, or I don't.
1: Something? I don't think so because. Um, I don't think there's any sort of timing about it. It's just maybe it's more suited for having lots more enemies in that in that situation. So if you're being attacked by three or four enemies, you know a dodge in in that situation in, in Dark Souls is pretty useless. Uh, whereas in Bloodborne, it's quicker, it gets you further, um, so you can always sort of manage that that situation better. Um, which is a little bit Devil May Cry, let's put it that way. But it's not. It's, I, I don't think that's a very good comparison because they're very, very different types of games, obviously.
0: Yeah, it has been extreme life. No, no,
1: I get that. And I, I, the other part of it was um, the the firearm I had was a blunderbuss. Mm-hmm. And I think all the firearms are kind of. Well, I don't want to say all of them because I, I still. You, you want to play the game and see how it is is full. But my understanding is the, the, the firearms are more based around a sort of counter punch, um than anything, or at least that's a big part of it um so you know you when 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 you're uh being attacked and you you're feeling a bit overwhelmed the, bl- the plunderbuss the can sort of be your last resort repel to, to push enemies back and bullets are quite limited um, so uh yeah it's just it's 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 not as soulsy as it seems and then it, at the same time it is really soulsy it's gonna be one of those things where we, you have to we have to play it and we, it's it would be, for as much as we know about a game, um, you know, you could say the same for Dark Souls 2, right? For as much as we knew about Dark Souls 2, it's only once you've got that game in your hands do you really understood what they changed mm-hmm. from Dark Souls 1 to Dark Souls 2. You know, when you, it's only one that when we started playing that game we suddenly realised, oh wait, that that uh, dun- linear dungeon system is really <laughs> similar to Demon Souls. Uh, or, you know, the dual wield is, really does change how you play the game. Um, so... Yeah, uh, I'm 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 hopeful but cautiously anxious as well.
0: Yeah. Cool man. I'm when does that come out? Do we do we have a solid release date
1: Yeah, uh, I believe uh, in your uh, your neck of the woods it's March 24 and over here it's March 27 in the UK. So just a couple of weeks, you know. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's it's crept up, right? And crazy enough this is the funny thing about because of the delay Um, it comes out like literally days before Dark Souls 2 comes out on PS4 and Xbox One and PC.
0: Where have I been?
1: (laughs) It's like, no! The games are coming. I have Uh, to
0: buy a PS4.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, you do. You really do. Um, Right now. But that's the thing. Like, 2015's been kind of slow and suddenly it's creeping up. Like, all these games are are starting to come out now. Uh, Usually we have more games in February. uh, But this year, sort of, it's more February and March, which is... uh,
0: putting together these big releases oh man Well, when when uh, Bloodborne comes out we'll be sure to dedicate a show to it I, I suspect what it'll <laughs> be,
1: I mean uh, what, when we're, we're recording what's it now March the 11th I want to say 12th. 12th Bloodborne will be out in two weeks time I suspect what, if we are recording uh, me and you maybe we'll delay it until we both have Bloodborne and do yeah. an immediate ca- recap on that what do you think
0: yeah, sounds good. Okay. Um, and we were just talking about, before we started recording, um, how we've seen a lot more uh, roguelike games mm. lately because yeah. of the shift in the industry and, and possibly because of Dark Souls and how it's sort of roguelike-y. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I've been playing a roguelike that's such a small, just a small game. <laughs> and It's uh,
1: another game that no one but you will have heard of.
0: Yeah, yeah, but. Which is good. It's, it's good to let people know. It is an indie game, as they call them these days, called The Depths of Tolagal. Now, how do you spell and that? T O L A G A L. I know, I meant depth. Tolagal.
1: Say it again, sorry, I was being really rude and I just said something. Yeah, so say that again. How do you spell it?
0: It's T O L A G A L. T
1: O L. Tolagal. A G So it's actually not that a Tolagal. It's it's, yeah. it's how it sounds. Okay, Talaga. Yeah. The depths of Talaga.
0: And it's um, it's a roguelike. It's like a real roguelike. Um, you top down,
1: top down. TV? Yeah, it's
0: top down. It's two dimensional, super pixelated. Okay. Um, you move in squares. You move in a turn-based fashion. Well, it, it you're free to move, um, until you see an enemy. When an enemy comes on the screen and within your field of view which is sort of a fog-of-war type thing. You can okay. only see so far, and you can only see you know, through open spaces. Uh, when you do see an enemy, it switches to turn-based, and you can move a certain number of places based on your action points. So it's real-time otherwise. Yeah, it's real-time otherwise, turn-based in, in combat. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you play as this, uh, the butcher, who, I think, <laughs> the, there's a little story at the beginning, like, he runs out. Someone stole something. He runs out into the woods and comes across this camp that's been torn apart or something. Now, like now
1: is he is he like you know your kind of violent knight like butcher, or is he your kind of sausages and fillet steak butcher? Which kind of butcher is he?
0: Uh, I think he's like uh, like the profession butcher. <laughs> like, so he's he's, he's, a, he's wearing a an apron. A yeah, he's sausagey. Um you start out with an actual your weapon is just a butcher knife and you're wearing an apron you're just like a dude okay but for some reason you decide to go down into this uh like it's like a dungeon um and Hmm. you just start you're just i guess you're really looking for whatever was stolen, like your chicken was stolen or something (laughs) And like forget this i'm killing everyone until i get this back but um it's a lot of fun it's it, you have to really pay attention to what you're doing or you die pretty instantly. So you have the option to move, to attack. You have a primary weapon, a secondary weapon, and like an accessory. So the accessory, so far all I've gotten were rings that heal you and you you gain, they recharge as you, as you attack enemies. Um, so you can either use that or you can do an attack, takes one action point you can throw a weapon by by clicking on it and uh aiming at a target mm-hmm. and then third spot uh is either a shield which just reduces damage or a bow so far those are the things that i've gotten which give you a really great ranged attack that you can sort of tab between enemies on screen
1: is there i mean without being like kind of blunt about it too much like that this is we the what we were talking about before the show like there are Last week I said there are three genres uh, which are maybe the most played at the moment, right? So, third-person shooters, first-person shooter, and platformers. But if there was a fourth, it'd be the roguelike. Um, and 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 on that note, like, so it it sounds really true to form for a rogue. No, this
0: is a real, this is a very real rogue, roguelike.
1: Is it? Is it? Is it just? Is that what it's going for? Is it? Is it doing anything that's a bit unique? Or is uh, it just? Is it just a very standard? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's it, pretty I, standard. Okay.
0: The, but it's important that you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know so much about like rogue and and net hack and like those games. But this obviously this has graphics, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, you you're expected, I think, to use the. Ab- I was getting there to the uh, the look ability. Like ah, okay. when it's your turn, you don't obviously you don't have to move because it's turn based, but you can. You can look at anything on the screen by highlighting it and clicking, and you see you know, how much health the enemy has, how many action points they have, how much damage they do. And you have to really pay attention to these things, because if you don't, you're going to die. So you move, maybe you don't go and attack the guy, because you know he can only move a certain number of squares, and if he's aggressive towards you, he's going to come toward you. But you don't want to get close, waste your points, and then just get hit four times. You want to let him get close, so you can like maybe move one space forward and attack a bunch of times. Okay. Um, and then sometimes maybe it's better to retreat, you know, so you can heal. It's it's very dangerous. The game puts you in a very dangerous hostile environment. And as you're going through, you can also rescue some of these little prisoner civilian people who thank you, and then they they bounce around the screen with you. <laughs> they follow you. <laughs> Um, they'll pick up weapons that you don't use because you have a backpack that holds two things to start out. Okay. Um, you can increase that. And as you level up, maybe you'll get a bigger backpack or you'll level up and you'll get more health or you'll get, um, different little perks as you level up. Cool. But it's, it's slow, you're slow to get there. So you start out and you're very weak and, and it helps to have like these little helpers as you explore and, um... I mean, they immediately die, pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah. after you counter, like, four enemies, they're dead. But they help while they're there. And um, you just, you have to be really attentive to what you're doing and really patient about traveling through the world and um, and just not be in a rush. And it's it's a real accomplishment when you when you get further than you've been before and it just hurts so much when you, like, screw one little thing up and that means that you're dead.
1: Right. I mean when you say you're dead how what, what does that mean?
0: It means uh the game starts over and and you At start. a checkpoint or like completely No over? no 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 the game starts over completely. Yeah. I think no I think there is a a mode that is not permadeath. Okay. Um but I haven't played it because that's not the default.
1: I mean so I really like the way that Rogue Legacy kind of handles this, where you are making continual progress, right? Yeah. Um is that what's going on here, or
0: is it just oh, like you? There's no continuous progress. Yeah, uh, I mean, so I think, we're, we're, it's
1: more like Spelunky Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's more
0: Spelunky like. But um, you know, I'm gonna have to try out the other mode. I feel like I'm doing the game and potential audience a disservice by only talking about one part of it,
1: even well, you the main, can, main part. Next week, you can come back and. I mean, I'm, I, I, I would. It. I like kind of, I, I haven't played a Roguelike in a little while. I might try it out as well. I'll see. I don't know. It's, you know. Uh,
0: it's ten bucks on Steam, maybe. Ten bucks on Steam. $10.
1: So that's probably uh, my money in crazy British money. Not too much either. Maybe six pounds, seven pounds. Yeah, okay, uh, maybe. We'll, I'll see. Uh, I've got. Like, we were talking about before the show how many games we have. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I I will <laughs> because I really do have lots of games to play, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, so that's fun. Okay, um, you were talking about a game that I have no idea what it even is. You, you mentioned it for like a second last week. You just said the name, and I didn't even realize that that was a game. What is it? Life is Strange? Oh,
1: I, I would have thought you'd have been all over this, actually. Um, okay, so yeah, I, I've, I've played the first half of the first episode of Life is Strange, which is the only one that's currently out. Um, so let's, just before I get into that, let's... If let's. I
0: don't nod... They made,
1: um... Remember Me. memory
0: game. Remember Me.
1: That would <laughs> like. be a much better name for it, the memory <laughs> game. Uh, yeah, so don't nod if... Okay, I think it's probably it's probably good to preface with a little bit of backstory about that, because Remember Me was this game that, that they made, uh, 2013. Um, I guess you would call it a third-person action game, but that would be to do a disservice to, to the things it was trying to do. Um... It's got kind of puzzle elements related to, to time manipulation. The combat was this kind of
0: mix Labor- of... It, uh, sorry? Laborious.
1: A bit laborious, but it was trying something, right? It was trying to yep. help, you know, give you... You would put to together your own combos and then use them in a kind of action fighting sequence. It was interesting. Yeah, I, guess,
0: I guess the combat system wasn't laborious. The... Waves of enemies were laborious. The X yeah. system was pretty cool,
1: and, and there were things that were a bit silly about the game. I mean, it was set in 20, you know, twenty eighty four or something, Neo Paris. I mean, Neo Paris for goodness sake! And it had all these silly kind of quasi futuristic terms, which were all a bit stupid. Yeah, I, think, but I liked it. I liked that game. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't big on it. I thought it was okay. It, it, it did some things wrong, and uh, I certainly didn't think the reviews were off on it. You know, I think it, it certainly was worth criticising. Um, but it was interesting, and it was trying things. Um, and anyway, so that game didn't really sell for them. Uh, Capcom, despite Capcom publishing it, it didn't, it didn't really sell. It came out, I think, May, and it just got lost because of the poor reviews. Um, and uh, as a result, the company went into kind of a, a French form, I want to say, of administration. But it was all very complicated, and there was a lot of... Uh, doubt and concern about their financial future, but they were very adamant that they were okay and uh, they would be fine. And and sure enough, uh, they've had some investment. Square needs to come along and invested in this new game, uh, Life is Strange, which takes the time manipulation stuff from Remember Me, where you are sort of able to rewind and fast-forward through sequences to alter them. Uh, it's kind of, I guess, would be the best way to summarise it. So they've taken that aspect and then thrown it into this Telltale-like uh adventure game um so i guess you know it's it's got the sort of point and click thing that tells has, except you know now with consoles you can just use buttons whatever uh meaningful choices um so you know you have these kind of binary choices and again it's signposted you know very clearly that you're making a meaningful choice uh, that will probably come up in later episodes and and then it's also got this time manipulation thing so to give you the story Of the game. You play as a uh, student, I want to say in college. Uh, It's not hugely clear to a Brit like me whether it's college or university or or high school. It's like these are all terms I don't really 100% understand of America. (laughs) They all seem very interchangeable. Um, But she's certainly uh, a, a sort of late teen. At, uh, studying photography at a campus. Let's put it that way. Yeah. College um, and university are the same thing. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's what I was thought of So, and it's just, it's, it's very confusing. Anyway, so she appears to be, uh, uh, yeah, at college. Um, we should put her, what, 17, 18, 19, that kind of age? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, she's a bit of an outsider. Uh, she's very quiet, clearly. But she suddenly very very early in the game like there's very little backstory given she she's only realising she has this ability to to rewind time and change events um, she doesn't quite know how she's got it it's just there so what she does is that she, she when she the actual moment when she discovers that she has the power is when she sees a girl being murdered uh, in in this sort of altercation that takes place in, in the bathroom in, in the sort of in the yeah, in the laboratories where I think there was some kind of deal that was going on and a guy pulls out a gun and shoots this girl your character puts her hand out and as she puts her hand out she realizes she can move she can change time so she suddenly goes back through time and is uh, sent back and realizes she can she can change events so that's how the whole sort of game starts off uh after that you kind of do a sort of ecology things as she's still trying to sort of deal with this new power that she has and you go for a few things um I mean it's there are issues with the story again. Like it, 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 the, the, you know, there's not really much. Like I said, the explanation is a bit strange, and it's all very sudden. I mean, it's. I, I feel like it could have been done a bit better. It it feels like it's just really trying to give you that power very quickly and very uh, very early in the game without really giving you too much backstory about who this character is, and uh, your situation, um, and there's this also sort of. And it's something again that I noticed we remember me. There's this sort of strange overemphasis on having this own phraseology, so it's it's trying to use very sort of young modern language. Like one of the characters instead of saying business says bidness. <laughs> and and it's like I just I, I don't do people really genuinely talk that way? I mean, I don't know. It doesn't it, it feels a little bit forced. Um maybe maybe I'm just out of touch. Uh, but it it feels a little bit like this character is trying a little bit too hard to talk cool, or you know, it, it's like for example, it, it for one of the very early things in the game is this thing about selfies, and the, your teacher, your, your, it makes a big deal of sort of talking about selfies and how they are this new concept and it's a silly word. It just it feels a little bit too much like it's trying to make you feel like you're part of this modern thing. I don't think it needs to try that hard. I don't think modern school is that different from the school that you and I grew up in. Um, I think
0: Don't Nod has a habit of trying too hard.
1: Yes. I, I mean, that's what I mean with Remember Me. It, it seemed a little bit like it was trying too hard with its dialogue and its and its phraseology and the setting and the meclature and all these things, things. Put that stuff to one side, um, it's really good to see another studio doing what Telltale does. Because my word, like, why hasn't that happened sooner? Um it's just crazy to me because telltale for all that they do. And I think we talked about it last week. Like they are a little bit stagnant. Mm -hmm. There is that little bit sense of stagnancy in it, you know? Um, And the one thing they've not really done is have you in a sort of more, real world setting in their games so even the closest they've come to that is the walking dead and that has zombies in it so all their games are are really set in very fantastical settings they're all
0: adapting fiction
1: yeah exactly uh and here in life is strange you have it's a you know apart from the takeaway and i know it sounds a bit it's simplified but take away the time manipulation and it's a college setting you're a high school student um or whatever like you're a college student um and that is interesting, and I'm interested. I'm interested to see what they will do with these meaningful choices, which are obviously going to be based around your your classmates, your friends, stuff like that. And there will be this this bigger overarching sci fi story, obviously, but there's also going to hopefully be this more grounded teenage uh, insecurity based relationship type story. Um, and I want to see what Don'tnod does with this. I mean, it's so far I'm enjoying it. Uh, I think it's um. It it's too early to say the first, I mean, I'm only an hour into the first episode, but like it it feels really good to see another studio doing <laughs> what Telltale does. In in short,
0: yeah, I'm looking at some uh some video and and screenshots of it while you're talking, and mm. like I really kind of like the way it looks too. Like it's funny that she's a photographer, and all of the visuals have a little bit sort of a washed out look to them like yeah. a, like an overexposed image so that's that's cool to me as a photographer
1: yeah i mean the way they presented it in trailers is very sort of as if it's been scribbled in um yeah. there's, and, and i think it's trying to go for that a little bit like it's you know uh it, it's meant to look a little bit youthful and i think the looks are part of that you know like uh and I think that does work, and um, it's good that it doesn't look like a Telltale game. It's another very important thing. It doesn't, it doesn't look like a Telltale game. If Telltale put that game out, you go, oh wow, Telltale are making their games look completely different. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. that's a good plus for them.
0: Now, one thing we don't get from uh, this the discussion of the story and of the visuals is uh, how it works mechanically. Like, are you walking around? You know, moving it is, it, one it's to enti- one?
1: it's entirely like how Telltale.
0: Okay. So you you're moving about using the
1: controller, uh the analog and stick.
0: You have a dialogue options. Yeah. Uh oh. uh
1: so typically the the one thing that's different you don't have a time limit on these dialogue options. Okay. Um and I don't think I've seen necessarily like the four button layout. Like I think it's either been two or three or I've not don't think I've seen four too often. Um so it's not necessarily trying to go give you four options every single time. Uh, the way that it signposts the choices is a little butterfly okay. comes up in the top left, uh, and the game very much emphasizes the butterfly effect of what your actions. Oh working. right,
0: right. And um, uh, here's a question: how, mm-hmm. how does the time manipulation mechanic come into play? Is this something that happens frequently? Is it at very pivotal junctures and how do you actually do it and, and how do you know that you can do it and how do you choose to do it?
1: I think you can do it at any time. Um, that's the thing. Um, but what's what's the clever thing about it, and I'm really glad that you, you pushed on that, um, so the, one of the early choices you have is once this this situation occurs where you prevent the kid from murdering this other kid in, in the toilets, um, you rush out and you, are, you see your principal. And the option is given to you there to either tell the principal what's happened, or to to not be a snitch, basically. Um, so I chose to tell the principal. What the game immediately then does to you is say, you know what, you can rewind time right now and go back and change that choice. Because what happens when you tell the principal is he doesn't seem like he's going to do anything about it. He seems like, he seems very like he's you know this this kid who did who you're reporting is. Uh, from a rich family, he's obviously very worried about uh, losing this this family's funding for the school and stuff like that. Um, so it, it, you suddenly think, well, hang on, maybe I should just avoid the ramifications of being a snitch, basically, and and uh, just not not tell him what happened
0: and not report a murder. Well, it's not;
1: it was an attempted murder. Right? Oh, okay. Well, okay. Even at that point, it wasn't an attempted murder. It was it was. An altercation because you've changed the way events happen. He had a gun, right? The, in the way that you did it, like he never maybe put the gun against it or whatever. Like it's just things changed or something. Just
0: flashed it to be scary. And... Yes, yeah,
1: something like that. It, it was not in in your reality. It goes from a murder to being something else. Um, I mean, I I stuck with it. I still told him. Um, but so that's one side of it. Like it gives you this option to change your choices if you're not happy with them, which is a really that's that's maybe where the game will, will, define itself. I'd like to think so. Yeah. The other part is puzzles, like these kind of puzzle sequences where you, are, for example, you're trying to get through to your dorm room, um, but there there's this just kind of bully in the way, and you have to sort of rewind time to undo your mistakes so that you can create the perfect scenario for her to get uh, paint chucked all over her, so that she'll get out of the way. It seems like it's a very long-winded way of getting a bully to get out of the way. But, you know, like it's, it's that kind of idea where you are seeing how events work out and then kind of correcting your mistakes so that you can make it work out a perfect way. So to can, solve you
0: the only, can you only go back for the event that you've most recently, that you're still sort of involved yes. in? Or could I say like, oh man, that thing that I did an hour ago, I want to no. go back and change that.
1: No it'll, it there's oh, a limit oh, what oh, happens oh. is like uh blood blotches come up on the screen and she she obviously is too painful for her to go too far. so you'll see like a little swirl oh. in the top left, I think or top right, and you'll see events marked on that swirl, and usually it's only one or two like you can only go back one or two things that you've in, it, just one or two things that you did uh actions I guess yeah, one or two actions before the blood blotchiness comes up. It's
0: really cool. Yeah, and it does. It's a lot like those sequences in Remember Me that I thought mm-hmm. were some of the coolest parts of the game. And I a guess lot did, yeah. a lot yeah, of people did. Yeah, yeah, they realized. that and said, let's just make a game about that. But it's interesting that you describe it so much like Telltale, but you know, at its core, the philosophy of it is so opposite of what Telltale yeah. suggests. Because Telltale is all about you must live with the consequences of your choices. Yeah. Whereas Life is Strange is you can work through these things and figure them out, see what the result might be and decide which result you prefer.
1: And do you think that's interesting? do you think that oh, makes it Google. like that they, it, in in the opposite, you know, if they did go more like what Telltale was doing, it would make it feel like they were trying too hard to copy what Telltale was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this does feel different. Uh, I I hope the writing picks up, because there is definitely, like, talking to you about it and, like, realizing, yeah, that, like, there is stuff in this game which genuinely is exciting and interesting and different and unusual. Um, but the writing is it makes you appreciate that Telltale's writing is pretty on the money. Actually. Mm -hmm. It's, like, pretty good. They're pretty good writers over there. They know what they're doing.
0: Yes. So... Well, I'm a 100% gonna play this.
1: I I was really surprised that you hadn't actually already played it. Um...
0: Yeah, so, you know, I heard a tiny bit about the game. Like, yeah. I heard Don't Nod was making something else with choices, and I just I never really looked into it. Well, <laughs> I played the demo, and I was really put
1: off by the demo because I kept hearing all that modern language overused, and the mm-hmm. choice didn't seem very impactful, and it was way too quick for giving you that time manipulation thing. But I pushed for a bit further, and I'm I'm definitely gonna uh, go a bit further with it, and and uh, probably play all the episodes, you know, once once they come out. Uh, and hopefully one if you do too then we can compare and contrast and see how we how we played it differently
0: sure just like when i uh wait for the entire season of game of thrones game which of i have continued playing since we last spoke
1: i think episode 3 is on the way very soon very excited I'm not
0: playing it I'm not playing it. Wait I until am. it um what was i going to say though uh, beep deep deep i forgot whatever
1: so, i mean you've got uh, a couple of games that you wanted to, to talk about as well um,
0: yeah I'll just talk about one more for now okay. um, is it,
1: now is this one of your games that's on this little OUYA thing that you have
0: the little OUYA my little game cube my cube game <laughs> my little tiny <laughs> cube well it can't be called GameCube cause that's game cube do you
1: like your OUYA
0: yes or no yeah it's adorable
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good like phrase <laughs> or word choice
0: um, that's it, well, interesting it's um, I I feel like it's hard to make a super engaging game experience on it because the games that I'm playing are all like I I don't know they're like uh, little novelties and like distractions things like that. Like the one that I'm that I'm going to talk about is barely a video game. It's, <laughs> it's this, but it's awesome. It, it's the Jackbox Party Pack. And uh, it actually for you, for you don't some- know Jack. Yeah, you don't know Jack, and yeah. uh, a few other like uh, secondary games, but okay. you don't know Jack is the main thing. It's really cool the way it works. They um, you can you can have a bunch of players, and what you do is when you play, you you get to the the screen like the the players join this game screen on the on the Uya, and it says go to this URL on your phone or mobile device and type in this code and it'll connect you to the game and you play you have your your controller buttons on your screen of your phone oh. so your phone is sitting in the room tapping on the answers as oh, we that's go
1: super clever
0: that is clever and that it's just a great use of technology like
1: I feel like they're it, not the first to do that though. Like I feel like I've heard something similar. Maybe it was using PS3 controllers or Vitas or something with a buzz game or something. Like I I would mm-hmm. say but that's it's much more sensible to have
0: iPhones as your
1: controller like, because everyone, has, everyone one. has one.
0: Right. And not oh. everyone has a bunch of Ouya controllers, I can tell you that much. I,
1: uh, not, I, I, <laughs> if you I imagine do have
0: not. an Ouya, you you may have one. But do you, do you honestly, go, do you, the Ouya you... controller sucks so bad that I use my my Xbox 360 controller when I uh, actually play the Ouya.
1: But it's super cool this thing because you can take your Ouya with you, obviously, because it's a micro console. And tiny. yeah, and and you can, I guess, bring it to a party, and you instantly have this party game that everyone can play.
0: Absolutely, that's and really I think, cool. I think using it like that is a very smart way for developers to to think. And to develop for it, mm-hmm. because I mean it's based on Android as it is, and you know you don't you don't have tons of power to to develop games on on Android. I mean let's be honest, it's not it's not a PC. But but when it comes to like board games and party games like that, it seems just just ideal for it. Mm-hmm. Especially things that you could transfer, you know, maybe from from the iPad, something that you might have developed for iPad, and then maybe expand upon it a little bit for the OUYA and uh, and use that as your main screen and then have those those secondary mobile devices attached like the Jackbox Party Pack does.
1: Yeah, it's, there's, and it, there, it's a it's, lot of fun. There's, there's an iPad game that comes to mind called Badland, I think, or something like that, where, where you... It's like a sort of uh, a 2D... Uh, a bit like Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, if you remember that game from a few years back.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing this and being very interested in it and then just yeah. kinda like losing touch with what was yeah, going on.
1: Yeah, but I think the way you play it with full players is they all
0: put their fingers on the control
1: on a corner of the iPad and and uh, you control your different characters as they fly through the screen, which is cool. That's cool in itself, definitely. But it's maybe not practical. Um for everybody, it might you know, people might not like that so it's having to crowd around one screen. So yeah, very small
0: screen versus a TV.
1: Yeah, so with for your Ouya I mean, there's if it worked on that, that you can do the same thing, but just with four iPhones, it would surely work just as well. Um That seems like a a really good implementation, which I'm surprised I've not heard more about.
0: Yeah and um it has a few other games too there's there's Drawful Word Spud Lie and Fibbage and i think one of them maybe it's Lie Swatter. it's a fun game where everyone like lies about an answer to a question you have to pick out the lie and the and the true answer and something like that but you can play with like 20 people or something like that it's ridiculous
1: isn't Fibbage the one that's come to consoles and and been quite successful i mean it's on xbox it, one i think as well
0: Maybe it's Fibbit. One of them, I mean, they're both about lying, which is interesting. To, I susp- like, yeah, I mean, Fib- they both sound like
1: they're about lying. I think Fibbage is the one maybe you're possibly talking about. Well, it says Fibbage is two to eight players. So maybe it is Life Water. But certainly Fibbage has had like some success outside of mm-hmm. Ouya. It's interesting to see which games do have success outside of Ouya. Towerfall was another one that had strong success outside of Ouya. It's now come to PS4 and a few other systems, I believe. Yeah. Um, and
0: I guess now that we're on Uya, let me I, I will talk about the other game, Guns. Them, yeah. Uh, so Gunslugs, it's just I mean, I guess the name comes a little bit from Metal Slug right. cuz it's the same exact type of game and just I think you're actually slugs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do oh. like game designers sometimes. You got to you got to
0: admire them. <laughs> you're not actually slugs.
1: Oh, that would be much better. Yeah. Um, Someone make a game where you're actual slugs, and it's called Gun Slugs. Except you can't now. Never mind. What a shame.
0: <laughs> but it's it's you know it's very much a uh, just a, a simplistic version of Metal Slug. Yeah. Kind of you, you're just shooting constantly like machine guns. Um, you're going through you're going into these little towers and climbing up ladders and avoiding bullets and shooting people and you have limited ammo. You you have a meter for ammo because you're constantly using it. It's just a meter. It's not even numerical. And <laughs> you pick up like like you pick up health, you'll pick up am- ammunition and it just increases the meter.
1: Okay. So, I mean this is another one where oh, I think it's, it's pretty hectic. It's, I feel like it's come to consoles as well this one. Like I've heard that name before, GunSucks. Um so are you that's enjoying fun.
0: it? Yeah, it's fun, but it's like it's like a small fun experience, you know. It's like nothing I don't know, it's not it's not groundbreaking. That that's kind of like what I feel about a lot of the Uya except for maybe Towerfall which really gained a lot of traction. But, but that... even Towerfall is very small, you know, very simple premise, you know, it's very very high concept there.
1: Yeah. I think in fairness to Uya, they were never going for we're going to revolutionise with individual games. They were always trying to say we're going to revolutionise the way you play games, mm-hmm. um, and maybe they have not. Uh, that's certainly
0: questionable and arguable. And you know, it feels like it feels like a it feels like a console from a couple of generations ago. Right. With the with the cloud-based digital download technology of the current gaming space. So it's like, if your Nintendo 64 could download games from an app store. Right. Or something like that.
1: You no, know, I can understand that. Um, I mean, maybe maybe their timing was just a bit off. Mm. You know? Um, maybe. I
0: mean, yeah. What is the success or, or lack of success of the Ouya at this point?
1: That's the point. But that's a good question, right? Because we don't know how much of the money they made went into making the thing they made. Right. I, I mean, I don't quite understand Kickstarter's rules. I mean, I'll be 100% honest. Like, if you are given $10 million or whatever to make something, do you have to use all that money to make it? I don't quite
0: know. Um, and, like, what do they need to have? What do they need to continue to make? In order to maintain a successful business, to maintain their network and, and things like that. I mean, I feel there's like not be a... much, you know, if they're not selling a lot, maybe they don't need to.
1: I feel like what I just said was really stupid. Obviously, they can't be forced to spend all the money they make. Surely, that's right. not how it
0: works. I think I understood what you were meaning to say. It just <laughs> came out. What, yes. what I understood you to mean is that they don't need to use that much money in the design process. For right. The- for the item that they're producing, but yes. they're using it in their business.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's, and, that's that is part
0: of the use of their money. Is that is the
1: that's the right, profit. correct, sensible thing of what I was saying?
0: Really stupidly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it is. Well, it's it's really smart listeners, so they all understood you.
1: I hope so. Um, but it, you know, uh, we don't we don't really know what happened. I mean, maybe we do. I I I'll, I'll, I'll be a hundred honest. I've not followed the EU story much uh, mm-hmm. since it came out. Um it does seem like of all the micro consoles that are out there it is the leading one. It's the one that's yeah. you know persisted and continues to get funding and, and pushed you know uh and you're not really hearing of other ones coming onto the scene so um but I don't know maybe it maybe for what they were attempting and hoping it, it, it has been successful I, I really you'd have to ask them i suppose
0: and you know what the important thing is is whenever I play on the Uya, I'm having fun mm. you know it's fun it's fun to just get on there and just mess around. And I think another benefit is um, some people don't like playing games on their phones. Like yeah. I don't, I don't like playing games on my phone. Mm. But because it's Android based, anything that people make for iOS and Android, pretty much they make them for both of those. Or yeah. but if they do make it for Android, it can be on Ouya. Yeah. For the most part, because you go into the menu of the Ouya, maybe not anymore. But when I first got it, at least the menu of the Ouya was so so minimally adapted for the the TV screen that it still had the options that I recognized from old stock versions of Android like that right. have to do with being a phone. And it was just funny to see. So right. it, it feels so minimally adapted that if you make a game for a phone, it's definitely possible to put it on the Ouya. And to have it on your screen versus on the phone that could be really appealing to someone who just would rather do it that way, would rather play that way.
1: Cool. I mean, it, 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 you know, it sounds great. It's just something I would never buy. Yeah. Um, which is terrible to say, but it's just, uh, you know, it's I think for a lot of people who play games regularly, it doesn't fit... There's no hole for it. There's no space for it. There's no need it's for like it. A
0: toy. It's like a separate tinkerer's toy, because yeah. um, you can also use it as like a Roku or an Apple TV sort of device. Yeah because you can download those other streaming apps and such. And you can sideload apps that are developed by just random anybody online, and you can sideload them through a micro SD card or a a USB stick. So you could have custom apps and use it that way. So it's, it's really a tinkerer's toy. It's a lot like when people used to root their PSP and put stuff on there like that. Well, it's
1: interesting that you bring up the PSP, because obviously Sony... Did take did catch when yeah, the did they sort of doing it and, and they made and released the PlayStation TV, um, which is the strange Sony's strange names for their things. So they this they, they called it something different in Japan. I, I can't quite remember it now, but whatever. They, they their little black box that plays Vita games uh, on your TV is called PlayStation TV. They also have uh, their TV service coming out next year or this year, later this year, um, I think, called PlayStation View. B-U-E, mm-hmm. um, and then they have their rental service, which is, for some reason, called PlayStation Now for games. It's just, none of it makes any
0: <laughs> real sense. Like, yeah, like, if you didn't know all that already, and you were faced with those three names, I would probably guess, okay, the TV one is the one that's... TV? is that TV.
1: Yeah, like, you think that would be the one, that would be your TV, or new TV thing...
0: Playstation now is a uh, a monthly subscription based magazine that's <laughs> not about about the new PlayStation games coming out.
1: <laughs> it that would be good. I, I, I think I might have to apply to work at Playstation now. See if they've got <laughs> any openings. Um yeah, it's great. Yeah, but the but the point is like Sony obviously see the, the merits in it and maybe when the big three uh and Apple have you know, they all bring out their other ones, that's maybe might be where the, the Ouya story ends. Mm. I, I, I somehow suspect like. As as is often the case, when the big boys notice that you've made something that's interesting and good, uh it, it's difficult to, to fight them.
0: Boo. Boo. Indeed boo. Okay, so you've got one more game.
1: I have got one more game. We talked um, about it a little bit. I mean, if you play all these interesting smaller games, and, I will, and each week I'm bringing you these much bigger name games, but I, I apologize, my my backlog
0: is full of big name games. And uh, oh, that's uh, great! I, I I couldn't be happier with this. <laughs> well,
1: I, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm 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 certainly enjoying playing these these sort of bigger titles at the moment. And um, the one I've been playing is Resident Evil Revelations Two.
0: Uh, How many episodes have come out? Is the whole thing
1: out? No, so there are four episodes that are in total in for the series. They've just released episode 3 this week. Okay. Episode 4 comes out next week. Uh, I'm halfway through episode 2.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so, um, I don't know, did you play the first the, the first Resident Evil Revelations at all?
0: Uh, yeah, I played a little bit of it, but mm. I never finished it.
1: A lot of people... Do say that. Um, I certainly only came back and finished it this year, but ahead of Revelations too, which you totally don't need to do. The stories are not connected, as far as I can tell. And know. Uh, you know, Resident Evil, even they are. Who, who really? <laughs>
0: is. They're, they're like Final Fantasy at this point. It's it, I they're don't even yeah. played individually. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, but but it's interesting because Resident Evil Revelation started out as a 3DS game, right? Mm-hmm. Um And it was trying to make. Conventional, regular Resident Evil, very, very dry, you know, very standard. Um, not, no bells and whistles, right? Resident Evil work on a 3DS, and they suddenly realised, well, hang on, we've got all these other games like Resident Evil 6, Resident Evil Mercenaries, uh, not Mercenaries, sorry. Um, what's the, what's the, the terrible one, which I, uh, I can't even remember what it's called. it will come to me. I think it's begins R, R something. Um, I might even look that up because um, yeah I, I actually want to make sure I'm getting that right but yeah so uh, they realised they had all these other games which were just trying too hard and really kind of screwing up with the Resident Evil formula mm. um, and and then they had this series this, this Revelations game which is very much old school Resident Evil, very Resident Evil 4 like you know not trying anything crazy whatsoever uh, Operation Raccoon City that's right. what I'm thinking of which actually came out after Revelations but my point still stands they realised that um, yeah that, that, so Operation Raccoon City just was rubbish and was trying all these kind of crazy things and it didn't work Resident Evil 6 was not good either uh, it, it tried to sort of move Resident Evil 5 formula and just didn't do anything useful with it and was actually very very dull and um, and it turns out that the most fun game of recent times in the Resident Evil series is Resident Evil Revelations because it's just a bog-standard Resident Evil game. And that's okay. That's fine. Like, there's, you know, that's... Fine with me. Yeah. It, 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 it's the sort of zombie third-person shooter which works. And there's not much wrong with that. Um, and yes, okay, so when they moved it to... So they they took the 3DS game and they moved it to consoles and the graphics were not great and it, it, did, it, it was still very dry and kind of dull. But it was not a bad game to play it's just you got bored of it fairly quickly Um, but I I went back and finished it this year and it was fine um, you know to play through what they've done with Resident Evil Revelations 2 is bring in cop as a big thing Um, I don't believe it was at all in the first game I'm going to double check that yeah you had single player and then I think maybe there was some cop modes but uh, I think raid mode was cop yes you can play two players Um, but but in, in Resident Evil Revelations two, the interesting thing about it is is seeing how they've tried to make a game work both in single player and co op, uh, which I always find is an interesting and difficult proposition. So uh, the way they've done it in Revelations two, um, you have two characters at all times, right? This is the same how it wasn't in in. Revelations, five. I think, pretty much. Um,
0: also in five. Sorry. Also in uh, Resident Evil Five.
1: Yeah, in Resident Evil Five, and I think Six, in fact, as well. Um, so it seems to be this theme, maybe with this series. So you you always have two characters. Uh, in in Revelations Two, you have a, a kind of main combat character who does all the shooting, um, and you have a more sort of auxiliary character who can do melee attacks, like use a crowbar or chuck a brick. Uh, depends on the character, but it's more sort of helping you. Like they can point to items, or they can open chests for you and stuff like that. Uh, and they so they they've kind of weighted these two characters so that your combat character is for someone who's a bit more advanced, can, you know, is used Resident Evil, happy to play a shooter, and the second player is um, someone who wants to play but maybe doesn't like doing the shooting. Which would be my girlfriend. Uh, it would be absolutely perfect for her. And and you know, we really we played the first. Half of the first episode, and really enjoyed it uh, playing it together. But and then it's fine, like you know, it's it's split screen uh, local. I think you can play online, online as well. Uh, yes, you can uh, because they've just had the patch for PC. But yeah, so it's split screen local uh, horizontal, and um, uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it, again, it's very box Resident Evil but just two players, so that's fine. In single player, you can switch between these two characters, and it's just it's. It doesn't quite work as well as it should. Uh, there's a big issue in the first episode where there's a sequence where you, one the, the the auxiliary character has to open a door uh, oh. with a crowbar, and that takes quite some time. And the other character has to protect her while she's doing. Oh, jeez! And you can imagine, so you have to switch if you're if the other character gets attacked, you have to switch back to that character and make her go back. If there's no like sort of AI cleverness there, it's, the oh. AI is terrible hideous uh, at at doing what you need it to do Um, and it it just it it feels very much like a game that doesn't want you to play it in single player even though I'm I'm playing it and it's okay I'm having fun but it it feels like a game that wants you to play it in co-op like it was designed to play in co-op
0: Capcom and and the developers behind Resident Evil have always had this fascination with co-op it's it's all the way back or or maybe not with co-op but with multiple characters. I'm thinking of Resident Evil 0 right now because mm-hmm. that was a game that was very much like Resident Evil 1 where you had to switch back and forth between characters because they were often separated but they were doing things in different places that would help the other one, like passing items through a, an elevator or or, or doing whatever. Um, and I always wondered what it would be like to play that sort of game in co-op where... I guess we don't have that anymore. We don't have games where it's a two-player game, but only one player plays at a time, because that's what I would think it would have to be. Like, back in the days of uh, Super Mario Bros., yeah. you would play a level, then it would be the other person's turn. Yeah, Like, you would take turns. And I would imagine that if the audience was patient enough and cared enough to play a game like that with a friend, that a, a design like... Resident Evil Zero would be very, very interesting because you know, when you play it as yourself and you're switching back and forth, it's like playing both sides of a, a game of chess almost. Right. Like, like you just feel like oh, this is my team. Whereas if you were playing with another person, you're relying on them to do something that helps you. And I feel like the, the emotion behind that connection between those two characters would be transferable through the real people in real life who are playing the game. Yeah, no. I don't think this will ever happen because I don't think that a turn-based cooperative game is something that can survive in you know with the audience of today.
1: Well, maybe, maybe
0: I, 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 I
1: think it's interesting. I, I don't think maybe I agree necessarily. Playing, I can imagine it happening, um, but to get back to your point, it's interesting you bring it up because there are sequences in, in Revelations too where uh, you, if you're playing. S- well, either way you're playing, but to describe it when you're playing single player, you have to switch between a character and that character will go off and open a door for you or something. So there are points where it is a little bit turn-based. Okay. Uh, just like little bits. So uh, how does
0: that work if you're playing cooperatively?
1: So if you're playing cooperatively uh, your one character will wait for the other character to go and open that door for you. Um, yeah, one player has to wait. Basically, and they they don't. You sort of think, well, naturally, what you do is you put zombies in both places and make, you know, the both players do something. But they were obviously a a little fearful because they're trying to keep it specifically weighted, so that um, you know you have your advanced player and your your less advanced player, and there's no pressure on the less advanced player to you know do something quickly. Right? Yeah. So um,
0: could be a good thing, but could also be a detriment. You know, if you want to play with players on like equal footing.
1: Yeah, there's no there's no there's no way to play this game with equal footing as far as I can tell. I mean that, unless you're I think raid mode, we you know the the kind of more arcade thing. Uh, mm-hmm. where you have I don't know if you you play that at all in the first revelations, but it's basically just mercenaries. Yeah. basically mercenaries, but um you know, uh, with a bit more on top and I I feel like that's actually probably where the future of this series lies more is. Yeah, I don't know. It's diff- This is what I wanted to ask you. Like, if you were in charge of Resident Evil now, what what do you do with this series? <laughs> like, and I really mean it seriously, because Resident Evil Six sold five million, right, or whatever. And um, but it was not good. Uh, and they could do another game like that, and it would be okay. But it's like really what most people want is Resident Evil Four. But Resident Evil Four is a very backwards game now. Yeah, you know, like it, gaming's moved on from Resident Evil Four, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, so what? I, I I don't know what
0: you do with that series. I don't really know where it sits. It, Honestly, if I was, th- this is a good reason why I'm not in charge of the Resident <laughs> Evil. But if I was trying to make money for my company and myself and <laughs> whatever, I would probably get in touch with a somewhat famous actor with a good following and uh, hire that person, <laughs> contract that person, put them in the game and make it like starring Channing Tatum <laughs> or something like that and see how that sells Because oh, yeah, I, think, I think Resident Evil has reached the point where it is, it is part of the, the general culture of entertainment
1: I thought you were going to say zeitgeist there I yeah, that was the word no, that was coming
0: the word?
1: Um, but it is a little bit, it is a bit, of, it's part of the gaming zeitgeist, I think, is it yeah. not?
0: Um, oh, certainly gaming, but yeah. I mean, I think as an entertainment brand, because there have been multiple Resident Evil movies, people kind of know what Resident Evil is, so I think this would be a, a something that would attract people. But I mean, the, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's stupid.
1: The question That's is, true. like, do you, go, do you go serious with it, or do you just go campy?
0: I think. I think personally. Probably, I would go serious, but it would end up being campy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so that's true. how most of these horror things are.
1: I think that's what the problem is. Capcom wants to go serious, and they still end up campy. And it, it, unfortunately, it's not. I still think Resident Evil Four was a beautiful mistake for them. I still think they don't meant that they didn't mean it to be as campy as it was. Oh uh, no! And that's what made it great. As uh,
0: sagacious as I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh it's just yeah, the moment that you you fall in love with that game the moment you meet the merchant and he's you know Oh uh, yeah. Uh and it's just the most ridiculous thing. Um but I I think Mercenaries or Revelations is probably where that the the the, the future of this and and Revelations is trying to incorporate Mercenaries with raid mode. So maybe they are or something. Um Yeah, I just think maybe not trying to do too much and and really trying to Find a way that it, it, you're using the consoles interestingly, or you're using online interestingly, and stuff like that. Um, you know, people want. I think there's a big space still left for a very bog standard zombie shooter, because you know, uh, if you are Resident Evil, you're going to beat off anyone else to that. Um, you you're that's your genre. That's you don't, you know, no one can really take that away from you. Yeah. um and there are plenty of serious, more serious games trying to do stuff with zombies now. You know, Last of Us is a really good example. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Anyway, I, am I, enjoying it, and I, you know, I'd play a, a third one or a fourth one, probably quite happily. Like, I, it, it's a very easy. Like again, Diablo, is like you don't have to think too much. Um, it's fun. Uh, mm-hmm. It's stupid but fun. Stupid but fun. I'm, I, I'm in a very stupid but fun place with gaming and. uh Diablo and Resident Evil are really, uh, yeah, satisfying me in that regard. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting for. I'm going to play Resident Evil Re- Revelations too. I think the uh, retail version comes out next week for us. Yes, so, uh, alongside
1: so. the fourth episode. Yes, that should be right. Or, or the week after, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: So that'll be great. Yeah. Um, wow. So that we talked about a lot. It's been a while. It did yeah. We did. We've <laughs> done been the, a show.
1: It has been a show.
0: Um, Okay, so the uh, the treasure chest of cool things. Can I go first? You see how I did that?
1: I, oh, can are I, you can ha- I say? Can are I, I say? Happy about t- that? No, I'm not. I think. <laughs> if, okay, for, for people who are listening, I think this section should be called "Cool Things." It should just be called. Should we call that? Because it is. It's it's cool stuff. Cool things. It's like a homestar runner
0: name. Okay. But, but you like?
1: go on, say your, say your thing again.
0: Well I just called it the treasure chest of cool things. I thought that was a good compromise.
1: Oh I thought you were, I didn't even notice the compromise. What what was your act, you just wanted to call it the treasure chest before, didn't you?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, mean, that, I still think it should be just be called cool things. I'm not accepting your
0: compromise. Oh. <laughs> well anyway, what what's your what's your thing?
1: What's my my treasure my treasures? What's cool your treasure? Thing? What's my treasure? Uh so uh my, my one is uh, and it's a singular thing and it's um, the new Netflix comedy Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Have you have you um, heard of this breakable. at all? Unbreakable? Yes. Oh, that theme tune's so infectious and, and... so um, I mean, I'm not a 30 Rock guy. I've never really watched more than an episode or two of it, but I feel like I'm missed out after watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt because it's probably the same woman in, of, of that show, Tina Fey. Uh, it stars Ellie Kemper from The Office. Uh, I can't remember her name. Erin, I think, is her character in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, very adorable to use that word, character. Yeah. And she plays a very adorable character in, in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, what I love about it is that it's somehow this sort of bright, bubbly, positive, optimistic, hopeful, colourful, vivacious, uh, very camp show that, but its roots are ridiculously dark. Uh, like you know, it's it, the premise is this uh, this woman who has spent fifteen years locked up in an underground bunker as part of a cult uh, escapes uh, and uh, now has to try and live life in New York. And like, and the, and, the, and so the show consistently, uh, continuously references like her, her dark past. Like, and it's very you know, it's done. Really cleverly, it's done really carefully. One of my favorite moments is when her 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 roommate says, uh, "We still don't know why you're afraid of Velcro." and He just brings out the shoe, <laughs> rips off the Velcro, and she goes ah! and slams it off his hand. And it's like you know that there are so many dark questions that throws up, Good. but it's just really funny to see it in motion. Um, and and it, it, I, I'm guessing you watched it too. It's just, I haven't watched it, but everyone no, okay. everyone's
0: talking about how great it is. It's really good.
1: I mean, I, I don't think it's it's on form as much as you, it, some comedies are. Like, I don't think it's 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 every episode's a winner or every line is a winner. But it's mm. just it feels really different. It feels, uh, uh, you know, a lot. There are a lot of comedy. It, it, it to me as a guy who's really a big fan of surrealist comedies like Spaced and Black Books. You know, he's very surrealist British comedies. It feels in a similar sort of place to them, where it's got this kind of surreal wacky side, but uh, it's also got a more heartfelt grounded side and it's also got this kind of dark sinister side as well so it does a lot of things um and it just it feels very different to, to most sitcoms that are out there now um so yeah big 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 uh thumbs up to Unbreakable community Pit which is on Netflix right now.
0: Awesome. And which shot here in New York City. Yes. The
1: yeah. City. Were you were you an extra in it?
0: No. No not this time. Um, So my thing, my cool thing from the treasure chest, (laughs) is uh, it's called the panoramic pod. Uh, It's a tiny tripod that has a head on it that clips onto your cell phone, and um, you turn it kind of like a wind-up toy, and you hit the... The panorama uh... photo on your phone, and it turns on axis perfectly smoothly, so you get like a good panorama. Because you ever try to do a panorama on your phone, you're like turning your whole body <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> you're going up and down, and you're like, God, I can't keep the line on the arrow. It's always been so annoying. So this is cool because it's very small. You just plop it down, clip it in, turn it, go. Wow,
1: that's a really it's another very clever, sensible yeah, invention. Yeah,
0: panoramas. It's pretty cool. Uh, I like it. So, I don't know how much it costs. I know it's made by a company called Thumbs Up, ThumbsUpWorld.co.uk. Um,
1: <laughs> there are some some really cool names that've been on this show. I really enjoyed uh, the things that we ta- talked about in a, in a very nomenclative way. Nomenclative. I just made up a word. Nomenclative. <laughs> it's good. It's been it's been a real nomenclative show. I mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that's that, and Sinan is the best. <laughs> <laughs> You're my cool thing. Of oh, thank you. Um, all right, so that's that's been episode sixty one. Uh, thanks for coming on again.
1: Yeah, enjoy it. I, I I think maybe we can say it now. Like I, I think this might be a little bit of a regular thing.
0: All right. Yeah, I like it. I think. Uh, yeah. I yeah.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no I, like no promises. But I've, you know, this just, is just, we're, we're enjoying it. We're enjoying it, and you know, it's we're having fun. I think for the moment, uh, let's let's get behind. We the don't scenes.
0: want to put labels on anything. We just yeah. want to you know have fun and yeah. enjoy our time together.
1: I'm mostly just enjoying chatting to you about games, so that's kind of yeah. cool for me.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. So, and everyone else, thanks for listening, and um, keep listening subscribe to the show and uh, leave us a review. Tell us what you like to hear. Tell us whether you like uh, the treasure chest or cool things or the treasure chest of cool things. Cool things. It's just cool things. I think I I hear a ghost.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the ghost of cool things. It's the cool things ghost.
0: But yeah, until next time, this is uh, Eddie and Zotto and Sinan Koba. We'll catch you later.
1: Bye. Bye.